it's really up to you. Some can take out the money and then you invest, but you just make sure that you can earn more. Lah, <laughs> because you have to remember that 5 to 6% is almost guaranteed. That's right. It's, it's almost guaranteed, you know. Mm. That, that is a very important factor to take into account. Because even if you say that, I may be able to make 7%, but is that 7% that you can make guaranteed? Hi, I'm Mr. Money, and you're listening to The Real Money Show, the podcast where we talk about how to make more money, how to manage money, how to invest money, and more. Join us as we interview our guests and explore different ways to make the most of our money in the real world. Welcome to the show. Since the announcement of iSINA, many have been asking if they should withdraw money from their EPF. Perhaps even taking advantage of this withdrawal and using the money to invest in some other investments with higher return. But should you? Tonight, we will be talking about EPF. And having with me... On the show tonight will be Iza. Yeah, Iza from. Iza or Iza? Iza, Iza. Iza, Majala Labor. Yeah. So, of uh, course, most of the time I talk to Iza on uh, WhatsApp only. Yeah. So, I barely have a face to face conversation with him yet. This is the first time, in fact, we have a face to face conversation, right? That's right. Yeah. So, Iza, uh, maybe you just want to introduce a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, before we start the show. Sure, Peter. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, good evening everyone and thanks Peter for inviting me over to this talk show. So uh, actually I'm very excited. So let me just introduce myself. Uh, my name is Eza Izami and I'm the one of the co-founder for Majala Labo. So I've been blogging since more than 10 years ago, lah, mm-hmm. so to speak. So it started for uh, like a part-time, like a hobby kind of thing. But when it started to generate income, so that's where we we do full-time lah, basically. Wow. And me, myself, with Manja Labu since 2017. So, we are going to hit four years now. <laughs> and it's the one of the uh, biggest or the largest block for financial uh, in Bahasa Malaysia. So, in Bahasa Malaysia. So, we have around 1 million views every month. Wow. And we have uh, quite a lot of traffic and everything. So, recently, we just started The Capital. So, The Capital, we launched in September this year. So, during the PKP and whatnot. So, we try to do more deep dive into mm-hmm. the stock market mm-hmm. la, because uh, uh, we, we we understand there's a niche for it there's a there's a void for it so we decided to do I mean more deep deep into stock market right. so that's why the idea comes with the, the capital itself right fantastic so uh, Ezra is actually the founder of Majala Labor and for those of you who actually uh, been searching online content you may actually find Majala Labor's content because they are actually the largest a Malay language investment education content provider in Malaysia. So, who you're seeing right here is actually the founder of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, everyone just say hi in the comment and at the same time, do go to the Facebook of Majala Lobor and, uh, you know, give them a like, right? And follow some of their content, definitely. Yeah, so, thanks. Thanks for supporting. <laughs> <laughs> and we also, along the way, we also found that actually, we were from the same university. Yeah? Right. Small world, Peter. Small world. <laughs> and you graduated in the year of... Uh, 2003. 2003. Mm. And yeah. in the course of... Computer science. Computer science, right? Mm. Yeah. So I graduated in the year of uh, 2011. So I'm your junior actually, right? Ah, okay. Eight years. <laughs> <laughs> and yourself, right? Uh, 
currently are you married with kids? Yeah, I'm married uh, with four kids. So it ranges from uh, standard five. Then my youngest is four years old. Mm. So it's like a small family for us. And I believe that it's something that life-changing as well. Lah. So yeah. it all started for me. Lah, basically, uh, financial is something like I put at the back of my mind. When I started my labo, then only I start giving more emphasis on it. So that's <laughs> that's where I learn how to save, how to invest, how much to your your asset allocation and whatnot. So it's like a you yourself need to how how to put it your turning point ah. You have you yes. have you need to have your turning point in your life. So that's where I my turning point is when I have kids. Right. Right. So it's no longer about you yourself or it's me, I and whatnot. So your perspective change when you have family. And and then you have four kids, some more. So it's like uh, taking care of your family and uh, for the for the benefit mm, of them. Mm. So it's no more of uh, you having to fulfill your hobby. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more like uh, making other people happy, lah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I remember I was uh, having a conversation with a friend of mine, uh, one of our students as well. Uh, so he was also saying like. Dulu saya jolly je. Then one got kid. Uh, uh, still we have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, right. for me myself, so it's the same. Yeah, having having a kid is a yeah. is much more of a life changing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Last time I go all out when I want to do business or anything like that. You know, just put in all my money. Right yeah. nowadays, uh, I, I'm more reserved. I try to save a bit more, hold on a bit to make sure uh there's something for the family. Correct. Yeah. And so, ha- ha- hmm. yeah. No, no, I, I would like to add. So it's like uh, for us who already aware or who already have knowledge or, or we have power for for our education and investing and whatnot. So it's a matter of transferring those knowledge to other people. So make, making sure that they are they are aware of what they need to do, what they need to invest and what they need to, I mean, uh, to fulfill your financial goals, lah, basically. Mm. So it's our duty, even in manual duty, I... It's like a motivation for me. So I I wake up every day having my my own personal goals, having my financial goals and whatnot. So it's a matter of motivation as well. So you need to have this motivation in order for you to inspire other people as well. Betul, betul. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. I think uh, the the thing is that once you yourself understand the benefit of it and you're willing to put some effort in it, then you kind of come to this place that you realize kan, that. I could have done all this last time, right? Like, it's not like it's so difficult, again. But we always, when we're younger, then we think, oh, yeah, very complicated, very hard. Uh, and then we think like, oh, investment, uh, hold on first, uh, got money first. Uh. Uh, saving, uh, yeah, happy first uh, today, again. Yeah, and it's very normal things, very, very simple things. But we, but we put it aside all the time until we realize it is important. Yeah. yeah and it's, as long as you realize today and you start taking action, then it's not too late. Yeah, but having said that, right, um, Prior to Majala Labo, previously before that, you also started a blog, right? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, more of a lifestyle kind of blog. So that's where I really learned some experience uh, from the mm. team itself. So that's where we try to brush up our our blogging, our writing, our copywriting and whatnot. So it's a matter of moving from one stage to another stage. So mm. life is like that one. So that means you can't stay... You sit at one position and sit in your comfort zone. So once you, once you are comfortable, then you won't do challenging things or you won't improve yourself. So life is like that. So once you reach this stage, so what's next? What's next? What's next? So you need you need to have these goals. Basically, like for example, we're already end of the year. So so fast, twenty twenty going to finish. Today. So what is our goal for next year? Next five years? Next ten? Years? Yeah. We, we need to have that plan out. That's right. Mm. That's right. Yeah. 
So that's true. Life is all about moving ahead, moving forward. Don't stay too comfortable. You know, always learn to grow and you know move ahead in life. Having said that, this year has been really an interesting year. I, I think never in my life I've uh, come to this point in my life that to see how the whole economy of Malaysia or everywhere in the world just suddenly had to stop because of COVID pandemic. I mean, we went through SARS. But SARS was like, okay, la, life goes mm. on. Kan? It's uh, like an isolated incident. La. Yeah, it's, mm. like, it's like, okay, it happens, but mm. what does it do to me? I still go out, right? But this time around, the whole economy got affected. Uh, there are friends that I know who actually lost their job during this period of time. There are friends that I know who, who also during this period of time suddenly, you know, are worried that they're going to lose their jobs. What about for yourself, uh, Ezar? What are some of the most significant financial events that you see for this year among the friends around you? Okay, uh, good question, Peter. That's actually one of the tough uh, situations we need to address. For us, uh, basically, because we are online setup, so there's really no overhead or no, no expensive things that we need to maintain. So, we can work from home because basically we have been doing this all the while. So we have been working from home, submitting our articles or videos, graphics. So for us, it's more like a blessing in disguise. <laughs> uh, so because our traffic doubled up from, from half a million, then we, we became one million. All because of this MCO, because everyone sitting at home, got nothing to do. Then they just browsing internet or whatnot, Facebook. So for us, it's a blessing in disguise. Having said that, of course, we are at the end of the cycle. We have to be thankful that we are not so affected. Actually, we benefited from the MCO and whatnot. Yeah, and COVID. Yeah. So that's also the other end of the spectrum where the, the people lose their jobs, their, yeah. their income or whatnot. Then even their salary, sometimes they reduce the salary itself. Then you have to take unpaid leave and whatnot. So these are the people that they need to move out from the comfort zone because they need to know that you can't depend from one source of income nowadays, mm. strictly speaking. So... You have your full-time job, so it's uh, your matter. I mean, it's your job to find another paying or passive income that can also generate revenue. So in case your full-time job or your other uh, income affected, so you have few other silos or few other sources that you can depend on. Betul. So you can't stick with one job nowadays. Yeah, it that's doesn't true. work that way. Yeah. That's true. And I think talking about this whole COVID situation, right? True enough, even for Mr. Money TV itself, we, we grew uh, tremendously during this whole COVID season. Uh, how many of you actually started watching uh, Mr. Money TV during this lockdown period? And how many of you all started Googling more about financial stuff during this pandemic? If you're one of them, you know, just write down there in the comment, just write lockdown, you know, just write lockdown. Yeah, and that's true, you know. I, I came to realize one thing during this period, one thing was very certain for me is that sometimes bad things happen but it is those bad things turn into an opportunity if you are well positioned. Mm. Kind of like, like for us, I was always telling our audience and uh, I was talking to my partner, we say, we, we are actually very thankful that we actually got this office set up just two days before the lockdown. <laughs> Baru habis charge. Baru put in everything all set up nicely. Then lockdown announced. And also it was that two weeks, right? Before that, me and my partner sit down and then we had the chat and then we say, you know what? I think we should do live shows. Then we went and buy all the equipment for live shows, but we haven't started doing. Then once lockdown happened, we just started doing live shows. Mm. Yeah, and, and that was what positioned us to grow as well during this period, right? And yeah, and, and having said this part of it, it's really interesting because 
just now you were telling me that when you first started your company, uh, the first time when you started doing the blogging thing, right? That that company reached a viewing rate of uh, four million, per four month. million per month, right? Mm. Yeah, which is very very high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all sorts of uh, chaplang topic, happy happy, you know, uh, all the entertainment one. But in Malaysia, we rarely see good financial topics. That's right. Uh, so that, that's the our. Our we call it as our unique selling proposition lah. That means our uniqueness being that we we have nothing to gain or financially to gain because we are not a property agent and we are not a takaful agent or we are not a unit trust agent. So what we say or what we do, we can we can always highlight the good and the bads That's because right. we we can't be biased. Ah, so right. so our strength is we are not biased. So we can talk all the good things and also the bad things, and this is where we gain our our audience trust lah. And not only that, the authorities also start to contact us like KWSP, ASNB, PNB, then SC, Sir, Bursa Malaysia. They all they all started to because we attract their attention because we have been giving out all this good stuff, good stuff and free stuff. So Betul. so so they want to work with us. They want to engage with our audience because we have a very wide net. Wide sorry, wide net. So our audience are all from basically from 18, 25 lah. That's <laughs> our core audience, and the rest of them like. Uh, 34, 40s and above. We even have 50s. So our our content basically can touch all different demographics, lah. Betul, betul. Ah, so so that's why we learn to diversify and also we learn a lot of things, lah. Basically from our our audience themselves, they telling us, "Oh, thank you for for reaching out for us. I mean, for giving out all this good stuff, lah." So because our our intention is really to educate the Malaysian mm, public, lah. True, yeah. true. So, so just to share with you, do you know the four major problems that we are facing as Malaysians? You, you know, right? oh, come, ah, tell, okay. me, come. tell me, tell me. Let, let me share with the audience. <laughs> okay, so this is based on the studies. Huh? So number one is savings. According to statistic, Bangladesh statistic says that 75% of Malaysians can't even save up to 1,000 ringgit. Betul? So can you imagine yes. that? Yes, which very sad. So in case it has anything bad or any in- incident that, of course we don't want it, touch wood, but of course. Once it happens, it happens, yeah. So that's why we turn to along or turn to all this. Uh, I mean, it, it it makes our life more difficult yes. because you don't have savings. So that's number one, savings. So number two is protection. So protection, we talk about insurance, taraful, and statistically saying that only forty one percent of Malaysians have insurance. Yeah. So that's insurance, taraful. <laughs> so taraful only fifteen one five percent of Malaysians are taraful, and how how much of them are underinsured? So that means it's it's a As long as you have medical card, why not? That's not enough. You, you need to Betul? have your, your yes. income protection lah, your your what life lah, uh, life lah, yeah. medical lah. So it's, so you can't just base on one. So you need to have a proper uh, coverage lah for yes. for, uh, for your for your for your for yourself and also for your family. So that's number two. We are underinsured. Okay, number three. Ah, uh, this is the best part, which is investment. In 2017, almost one million Malaysians lost 3.8 billion to scams. Can you imagine that figure? Meaning to say, we don't have savings. That's fine. We don't have insurance. <laughs> That's also fine. But we are, we are, we are falling prey to scammers. Why yeah. this? So it's not that we are we don't have money or or we don't have uh uh savings. It's just that we we put in the wrong place. So yes. when when people come to us or yeah, you need to join this investment scheme lah. Then you put your money. Then you go and kaki lah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we easily fall into the trap. So it's not like a matter of we have choices. Actually, we have choice lah. For example, uh, the 
the stock market, we have unit trust, we have that, but we still fall into this uh, get rich quick yes. scheme. Uh, so That's it's, true. It's, it's more of the financial financial part and also our greediness la, as a mm. human being. So that's number three. So number four is more on the, uh, what you call it? Uh, zakat. I mean, sorry. Uh, our. So when when we when we die, so how do we pass down to our mm, future the generation? Will. Ah, the yeah. will. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot yeah, that wasia. term. Wasia. Yeah. Wasia. <laughs> I forgot that term. Yeah. So. Statistics shows that 70 billions are frozen because because of these issues. So that means we don't have a will, we don't have wasya, we don't have a. Uh, that means we don't pay enough attention to this. So it's just that if anything happened to uh, to me, then how do we going to pass down our hard earned money, our hard earned property, our hard earned whatever to our future generations? So for example, if the if we die, then the house will be lelong ke what not ke. Yeah. So, So That's we right. also don't have pay, don't pay that much attention. So when talking about investment, oh, all also greedy lah, all in lah, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. now Bitcoin lah going in. Yeah. So it's more like uh, it's very tough lah. It's very tough. But along the way, I mean, <laughs> nowadays the younger generation are getting there because we have social media. Yes. Uh, so it's 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 more uh, an opportunity for us also to educate all these young That's young nations on this financial literacy. Yeah. But I think I think the COVID also made. Every Malaysian started investing in the stock market as well. Like <laughs> I, I mean, never before that. Uh, last time there's three biggest, there are three kind of investor in the Bursa Malaysia market. Number one is actually local institution, which is like Kazana banks, uh, funds and all. KWSP, yeah, yeah okay. KWSP, mm. all these people, right? And the second player is actually what we call re, uh, retail investor, which is you and me. And then the third is actually called foreign foreign institution, mm. right? And in the past has always been the largest. Largest percentage come from local institution. Second, foreign institution. Retail, very small only. This time, the amount of retail investor and and a uh, and a local in, in institution is same volume or about. Nah, yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, statistically speaking, just yeah. just last month, the retailers have overtaken the that's the right. local institution. That's so right. so crazy. can you imagine the amount of money flowing into the stock yeah, market? Uh, so that's where we need to at least have some education first. That's right. Uh, so that's, that's where, right. I mean, the key word here is education. That's so, right. So you can have a lot of uh, instruments out there, but if we, we don't educate yourself on the risk, on the reward, and also on the, uh, what do you call it? What are the steps you need to do to, to acquire that? And also the compounding. Some, mm. Sometimes we are... We fail to understand the compounding. So compounding needs time. So if you're impatient or you are uh, too greedy, so sometimes you lose out on on this yeah, cap cap uh, this uh, long term gains lah. That's true. Having said that, Kamini actually have a question here. She actually asked, uh, "What's Isa's as uh, point of view on Malaysians and investment in general?" Yeah, what do you think about Malaysians' perception for investment? Okay, uh, I think based on SC study. I'm, I'm not mistaken. This year it was conducted. We Malaysians, our ROI, I mean our expected gains, are around the twenty twenty percent ish or higher <laughs> figures. So actually, that twenty percent is very high. But to us, we expect that kind of return. That's right. That's right. So, so of course it's achievable. But of course we have to diversify as well, lah. Uh, ah, so yeah. we we still have this uh have this 
target which is not realistic so to speak yes. Uh, yes. so we need to be realistically speaking especially now the economy is uh, slowly recovering so of course you you don't expect this high of return uh, so soon lah. so but over the course of the years 5 years 10 years so stock market itself have been consistently giving up Betul? Dub- yeah. double digit figures lah. Yeah. but having said that right i think i think this unexpected kind of thing uh, un- unrealistic expectations of malaysia uh, when it comes to investment uh, all boils down to number one is the education Right? Do they actually understand? And I think many Malaysians don't really understand for two reasons. Right? Um, number one, sometimes I also don't know whether is it they gonna scam too much, getting promises of like twenty percent, you know, fifty percent mm. a year, that kind of return, and they think that 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 can happen. Yeah. And number two, also it could be because um, our government also very generous lah. From ASB to uh to ASM and then KWSP, all these are almost every year five eight percent, five percent, eight percent, five percent, eight percent. Then people thought this is the normal thing, but actually it's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not normal at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it depends on your own initiative lah. If you want more, then you have to work hard lah. It's it's basically the the the, the basic things in life lah. So if you want to achieve higher ROI or higher investment return of investment so you need to work more and work hard towards it lah. and of yeah. course it boils down also to capital lah. so if you don't have uh, if you have small capital then you have to be realistic lah. so that means yes. there's only few options that you have but you have a bigger capital then there's more options for you as well lah. yeah that's true it also one thing about investment is this you either do it then you can talk you either do it <laughs> right? Okay. so this is where we are going to come to today's topic when talking about uh should you withdraw money from EPS? Because government knowing that many orang kailangan kerja everything all can, then they they really need the money. And what the thing that government is doing right now is actually through the ICNA program, where you can apply to actually withdraw money from your EPF, uh, starting from the twenty first of December onwards. That's right. So it's actually yeah. a good initiative by the government itself because they need to take care of the general population. So. Mm. Uh, because statistically speaking also, uh, the unemployment rate is quite high, yes. reaching to a few hundred thousand. Yes. So you need to cater to these people. So people are out of jobs, people are struggling out there and people are basically, because it's more of a matter of uh, living through these tough times. Uh, yeah. So so if you don't have money, definitely you need help. So so the government have identified this through this ASINA uh, EPF program so those who have EPF accounts or those who have EPF savings, they can withdraw it. But under one condition, does it really? I mean, is it really needed or is it really uh, compulsory for you to withdraw? No, of course not. You have an option to withdraw, and it boils down to whether how you're going to use that money. <laughs> so That's because true. we are we are very uh, tempted to spend it on other ways. For example, <laughs> the PlayStation just PS5 yeah. just came out. Then the what the RTX. If you're a PC gamer, you know you know yeah. you know this lah. The the three series just came out. So all these are very high t- big ticket items. So yeah, so they yeah. cost two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, and we are very much okay. It's like we see this EPS as our money, and it's also easy money. So when yeah. you see things as easy money, so you tend you to spend, spend it spend easily. easily <laughs> so basically, but we we need to understand the 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 gist of what EPF is all about. Yes. I mean, the savings inside the EPF. Because EPF is for our our retirement. So if, if we touch our retirement now, then we lose out to the compounding. So for example, if you are 30 now, 
So we have another maybe 25 to 30 years for working. I mean, our our working life. So if you take out that money now, then you lose on the compounding. You you might see this, the 10,000 figure as small, but if you compound it every year to EPF 6%, 7%, 8%, it can almost double up your money mm, already mm. to the cost of 30 years. So my advice is only take it if you really struggling already. That mm. means... It means you are out of job or you are really affected by the by the COVID. Then your income also affected. Ah, uh, then you need to yeah. use that money wisely, lah. So, that's right. So that's the problem with us. We don't because things come free. I mean, technically it's free, lah, because it's our money. But so we tend to spend it unwisely, lah. Rather yeah, than we yeah. spend it for the right purpose, yeah. lah. So so far when it comes to this, I see now, right? Uh, before we be, go on further, and I want to ask you guys, how many of you who know anyone who is thinking about withdrawing? From their EPF account, and what is your personal opinion? Would you withdraw or won't you withdraw? Then tell us why you will do that or why you will not. Right? Tell us in the comment below. Now, uh, for yourself, do you have any friends who are talking about withdrawing money from uh, KWSP right now? Definitely, definitely. But the the talk of the town has been, they are withdrawing the money for other purpose. <laughs> 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 they are buying but yeah bicycles. You know bicycles Buy nowadays bicycle. is a trend. I mean, wow. uh, and. It's expensive, few thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. few thousand. So they feel that, oh, now that we can withdraw this money, okay lah. Then I buy bicycle lah, I buy PS5 lah, oh. I buy the latest gadget lah, Samsung Galaxy Note lah. So it's it's all about mindset basically. Mm, so if mm. you see that easy money come, then easy money go. Uh, oh. So so you don't really see that. Oh, this is actually for my retirement. So unless for emergency purpose, I don't have any other source of income or I don't have any other savings. Right. Then by all means, yes, please, because it's your money. By the way. But if you are not so affected or you can survive through this through these tough tough times, then just leave it there. You, mm. you can you can still find other other ways right, to generate your income. Right, right. So how how many percent I would say like are there many of your friends who are looking at withdrawing? That's it. <laughs> there many. is yeah, there is this. But that's the thing. I mean, it's it boils down to mindset. So, yeah. so if you think of withdrawing it for other purpose, then of course yeah. you're already It shows lah. It shows that you are not really ready to manage your money lah. Because we need to understand that the basic of EPF is for your retirement. So mm. that's number one. So because government knows that we have a tough time spending, is we 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 yeah lah. You know the eleven eleven sale lah, the twelve twelve sale. <laughs> so we tend to spend money unwisely. So that's the thing that government have have used this EPF as a waste for us to save money. And and true statistic also says that those who have Have EPF, they tend to spend to finish up the the savings within three years, three to ten years. So meaning to say, what happens after your retirement? So for example, you retire at the age 60. So you you already finish your savings in that three years. So are you going to work some more during your your golden age, or you need to have a supplement or you need to have additional funds to top up your EPF? So that's yes. the thing that we don't see now, but it's going to pretty soon. It will it will be there. There you will be there that. Oh, then you regret you do yeah, this, you do that. Right, uh. That's so, right. So by by that time you already too late, then. That's right. Because you only have yeah. few few years left in your working right. life. Yeah. Then it's already too late for you. Yeah, I think the thing is, uh, even before we allow government allow anyone to withdraw anything, right? Most of the people, like you say, uh, in survey already tells that they actually finished spending their EPF money in three years. Yeah. So what more when you withdraw? Ah, uh, maybe you will just. Finish within one day. the year. <laughs> within, within one day, yeah, they can finish. Can't, can't even compound to the amount, right? And next thing is this. Uh, we we know that we shouldn't take out money because 
at the end of the day, if you look at retirement for that money, right, and you're going to take out the money for to buy things, uh, like bicycle, la, PS5, mm. la, or, or other kind of stuff, uh, then, well, it, I don't think you should withdraw the money at all. Uh, yeah, you, you, you really shouldn't. Now, then this comes down to the next question that many people are actually asking this, right? Many people are asking this. What about I withdraw my EPF money to actually invest in something else? Ah. Now, before you go into invest okay. in something else, right? There's also another one. Should you withdraw your EPF money to pay for your house? Ah, okay. Because Bunny Orang like to withdraw EPF money to pay for their house loan, can? Yeah. So, would you, would you actually do that? For those of you who are watching this right now, would you take out your EPF money to pay for your house? Or would you to take it out to invest? Okay. What so, about yourself? Okay, so my personal opinion, opinion still says that you leave your money there because it has been a very safe haven. So so whatever economy downturn or whatnot, EPF have this obligation to to give uh, good returns to us. So I guess that unless you have an opportunity to to manage that money, because that money is not small. Huh? Let's say 10,000 or you can withdraw up to 60,000 depending on your account, how much, mm -hmm. how much money you have in your account. So let's say you take that 10,000 and you go into stock market, just for example, eh, and you don't have any knowledge or any uh, <laughs> any fundamental analyst, analyst, analysis, technical analysis, and the, the things required for you to earn more, I mean, to, to generate your income. So let's say that 10,000, you put blindly into the stock market, you will get burned one. Correct. Uh, so, so then that, that 10,000 will, will finish up uh, faster than your than your EPF saving. <laughs> so my personal advice, unless you have an opportunity to generate higher than what EPF is giving out, then by all means, please do it lah. Mm, of course, provided mm. you have the knowledge That's in investing right. itself. But if you are new into the stock market or you are new into the property market itself, then my my advice is just stick there lah. Okay. So your second question is on the housing loan. Okay. So second question is okay. Now, right now, uh, the current BLR, if I'm not mistaken, is around uh, minus BLR minus something. So it's, it's around the 3% figure. Lah. I mean, I mean the, the, the interest yeah. from the housing yes. loan. Yes. It's around the 3% figure. So it's like, uh, are you going to sacrifice your 5 to 6% uh, return from the EPF? And you're going to uh, reduce, to save, uh, to save the, 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 the 3%, 3 right? uh, interest from there. Because it's already at the very lowest. Yes. Uh, it can go That's down right. by uh, one more, That's one, right. another half, That's right. another 0.25 points cut lah by the bank right. But bank decided that maybe now is not the moment because we need to keep people spending and whatnot. Yeah. So now it's at the very lowest really. Yes. Even our fixed deposit uh, rates yeah. really coming down to one point something really per month. So it's like a... It's like uh how you put it? Eh? It's like you you're sacrificing your five percent return in order for you to, to get, get the three percent yeah. rebates. Yeah, or, you're giving uh, up a bigger return for a smaller gain, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh. In fact, you should be taking a house loan to go and put into your EPF. That's <laughs> That's <laughs> At least you can earn another one percent to two percent there. Right? So unless you use that money to to generate more income Even by buying higher. property, uh, why not? Yeah. Uh, that can give you capital yeah. gain or positive cash flow, then by all means, yes. That's but right. To that's use right. that money to 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 uh, to reduce your mortgage, your housing loan, that's not a very good thing to do uh, for, yeah. for the moment uh, unless it changes in the future. Yeah, correct, correct. I, I, I totally agree. But having said that also, if if let's say the thing about EPF is this. If let's say our base interest rate were to increase, 
the chances are EPF return will also go higher. Correct. Yeah, it will always beat your housing loan one. That's how EPF would work. That's why our parents uh, during those days can they are so rich from their EPF because dual blast percent, double <laughs> blast percent, can? yeah, crazy on the okay. time. But their housing loan, the time was so eight nine percent, ah. mm. So it's a totally different world in 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 that case, right? Now, uh, I want to ask you this question, right? So someone asked this: uh, Ben Kwan say, if retirement funds are mandated to address unprecedented economic times, right? Given the government imposed the economic lockdown, shouldn't the heavyweight be on the government? I, I'm not really sure how to interpret this question. But it the way I interpret it is that Ben Kwan is saying that if let's say government is the one that's telling us now that you can have a relief of your current situation by taking out from an EPF, which is your retirement fund, shouldn't be the responsibility be on the government to take care of us, not we withdraw our own money and take care of ourselves. <laughs> I, I guess that's the question that Ben Kwan is asking. What, what are your thoughts on this? Okay, uh, <coughs> all this while, what, what I can say to the budget lah, because because we see that the budget that the annual budget given out by the governments are it only targeted to the B40 B40 segment that means like uh they have lots of uh savings they have lot of uh help to the the bantuan sara hidup BSH and whatnot. Yeah. so they only targeted to the B40 so M40 and T20 definitely left out so for us who have achieved this uh M40 and T20 status Definitely, we are in better off position than the B40. So yeah. that means the urban poor and the uh, really poor families, lah, basically. So we are in a position that, of course, we use that money to help the needy. So it's a matter of how you want to uh, overcome these tough times without touching your savings and also how to uh, minimize your, your risk as well. Lah. So for me, Basically, I if you are in a tight position, it's better for you to find an alternative source of income. You can do um on the weekends. You can do grab uh or you can do uh a lot of other part time jobs for you to uh and earn additional income because your expenses can go down only so low. Correct. Yeah. So, so you need to find an an alternative source of income so you can increase your your revenue or your income. Then you can balance out to whatever shortcomings that you have been feeling all this while. So it's not uh, like government is uh, not helping us; they are helping us, but they are more targeted towards the lower income group. Yeah. Uh, so so it's, it's it's back to us. It's back to us on how we want to help ourselves at the end mm. of the day, because mm. no government can help everyone. That's uh, right. That's so unless right. unless they they charge the income tax at the fifty percent bracket or sixty yeah. percent bracket, then yeah. we are all all very much like a modern country, lah. But Now the income tax is around the 20 percent range, 28% range. So that income can only help so much. Uh, so this group of people, the B40, those who are urban poor and the poor families, so these are the ones that need help the most. So us, we need to have, we need to find an alternate source of income lah. That, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, true. I think that <clears throat> this comes up to the next part of it, which is what we can do if we don't withdraw from EPF now. Mm. Before we talk about that also is that some, many are actually asking like, hey, should you take out and invest and all, right? And, and I totally agree with you, no? I think that it's really up to you. Some can take out the money and then you invest, but you just make sure that you can earn more. Lah, <laughs> because you have to remember that 5% to 6% is almost guaranteed. That's right. It's, it's almost guaranteed, you know? Mm. That, that is a very important factor to take into account. Because even if you say that 
I may be able to make 7%, but is that 7% that you can make guarantee? Uh, because EPF is guarantee. Uh, so that's the question they really, really have to ask. Uh, and with that, I, I personally would say that if I don't make about 15% of that money, right, I, I don't see a reason why I want to take out. Yeah. But also back coming down to the next thing is this. If you really are so desperately needing... Now, there's two things, huh? If you're already very good at it, you just need to withdraw EPF money to add on to your model and be even better with a larger capital. Fair. Make sure that you can do your job. Now, if you have no money to invest, that's why you want to withdraw to invest, then I think you've got a very big problem. I think if you don't even know how to manage your money to start with, right? Yeah. Then, then you, you, you probably can't even invest well. <laughs> so, so if, if you may to do it, save up to invest, right? You want to withdraw EPF money, invest, huh? I would say that you probably don't even know how to manage your money well. Don't even talk about investment. Yeah, Ask yourself, yeah, so do you know how to manage your money first or not? Uh, so that's the thing. Because, uh, I mean, through this financial world, we we always, always need to have uh, emergency savings first. So let's say three months or six months of uh, savings. So we need to have that first. Then only we invest with our spare, spare cash or whatever have we have extra. So if you at the moment don't have any investment or you can't afford to invest in other instruments, then if you take out that money, I agree with you, if you take out that money and only starting to uh, look at these opportunities, then by, by the time uh, that opportunity come, maybe your your knowledge or the timing, because stock market is very volatile. One. Yes. So, so unless you take out that money, like you mentioned, you can earn at least double from what EPF is giving out, then then you can take that. I mean, you can, you can always explore the opportunity. But if there's a, like I mentioned, there's a guarantee from the EPF. They need to pay out this every month, mm. uh, sorry, every year, and there's a compounding factor to it. So that's, that's why you always forgot about it. Because EPF money, you can only withdraw when you're 55 or 60. So once you let your money go inside there, there's a compounding factor. Mm. Then after you your retirement age, you have maybe 1 million inside there. So rather than you touch that to uh, that guaranteed sum of uh, return, we call it, then you invest in something that is not guaranteed and so you don't have any knowledge about it, then you, you get prepared to be burned, especially now, mm, mm, now in mm. these very tough times. Yeah. So having said all this, right, I, 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 I totally agree with you, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you know, I, I really don't think it's a very good idea. Lah. Just that's all. Like, I think if you can be very good in investment, then you probably don't even need to take out your EPF to actually invest. You probably already got money to invest, right? Yeah. And it, if you have no money, that's why you're taking out from EPF. I don't think it's a good, good thing to do at all. Yeah, yeah, I really don't think so. Now, having said that, some people also ask this uh, question. Uh, I just want to answer this very quickly. Will EPF ever run out of money to pay you? Uh, the answer is actually no. EPF won't run out of money to pay you one because government will replenish the money to pay you. It's guaranteed. Now, uh, there's a huge longer answer of how it affects economy, but that requires an economic class 101. <laughs> so we won't go into that, all right? Now, so the short answer is just no. Now, to ask the next question is this. If we are not going to withdraw from EPF, if we are not going to withdraw from EPF, then what can we do? Uh, <laughs> that's a very tough question, but, it, <laughs> but it's a valid question. So nowadays with the advent of technology, with the availability of uh, IT and whatnot, we can actually diversify to online. Really. Mm. That, that's only 
a lot of avenues for you to generate money online. Like for example, you can start blogging, you can start YouTubing, you can start reviewing products. So slowly build up your brand, slowly build up your your network, slowly build up your audience and whatnot. So that is also another way for you to generate your income. Like I, I believe like we are we belong in the internet space. Yeah. So we generate income through internet basically. So as the more people coming in into our website, the more people coming in into our platform. So that's why we generate passive income. So I believe that you have to follow your passion. So you have to find what are your passions and try to go the the audience f- for you to monetize to it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually a because once you see this passion as your uh, uh motivation, you you are you will be more motivated to share your stories. You share your inspiration. You you share your life. So make it. I mean, make it uh, life changing in a way, and also make it engaging. So people will start follow you. Following you, people will start knowing you. People mm. will start to mm. want to partner with you. So that's what we have been doing all this while. We started with zero, but through our passion, we build up this platform. We build our majala, majala labo. We build up our branding. We build up our authority. We build up everything from scratch, and the the result is there. But of course, it takes time, lah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. an overnight kind of thing. So you need to be focused. One thing, motivation is one thing, and of course, passion is the next, lah. So. There are plenty of ways to generate money online, actually. So you just Google how to make money online. <laughs> like, like uh, there's an active kind of job or there's a passive Betul. kind of job. Yeah. So it's a matter of you wanting to explore that that opportunity or not. Yes, totally mm. agree. I I think today, right? Uh, at the moment, you have an internet, and as long as you're not waiting for money to survive tomorrow, lah, right? There's a lot of things that you can do to actually generate that extra income, but rather than just withdrawing your EPF, right? Um. And we are not like last time. Last time, can't even learn something. You have to go and learn. You need to go to school. Today, tapelu, everything mm. is online. Yeah, betul. Everything is online. You can take a free course. Even if you want cheap one, you can buy from Coursera or even Udemy or whatnot. You want to learn programming also can. <laughs> you That's can right. learn from Udemy itself, right? Uh, but if you want it to be free, you can check out Han Academy. You can um go to uh YouTube. YouTube has everything there, right? Uh. I I remember that day. Uh, one of our guests, right? They teach orang asli how to make flower pots, to to sell, uh, to help them make money. So they do not make flower pots. They go and Google how to make. They learn. They bring it to the kampung, teach the orang asli to make, and then they make. They help them sell, mm. and then therefore everyone makes money together, right? Mm. Having said that, right? So the thing is this, you know, today you can just make money online. And you must always remember that your 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 employment is not your only source of income, right? You have to learn to make another income, so that if anything happens, you got something to fall back on. Now, here's where I want to relate back to you because you are actually an IT graduate, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe by now, running a blog, you are very happy knowing that you didn't make a wrong choice. <laughs> okay, two two enough. Yeah, same thing for me as well. I was like, oh yeah. I'm happy that I chose this, right? And uh, but you are IT graduate. How was that process from an IT to writing blog? Were you at the moment you graduate, you straight away started writing blog? Were you already a writer during your uni days? How do you get into this? Okay, it it, it falls down. It it boils down to your own motivation and your own passion. So like me, I started writing stuff back in those Friendster days. If you still remember. In early 2000, we used to have this MySpace. We have Friendster and whatnot before Facebook comes into the picture, lah. So that's where I started writing. I started polishing up my 
my skills and whatnot. So at that time, there's no really more, uh, more, uh, generating income kind of thing. It's more like uh, following your passion, following your dreams and whatnot. But of course, you need to have a full-time job at the same mm-hmm. time. Lah. That that pays for your for your house, for your car, for your family and whatnot. So make sure that you have your full-time job and you're dedicate, dedicated with that. So you have a fixed income every month. At the same time, you find find your passion. But for me, because I I'm more inclined to writing, so so I learn up a lot of things about writing stuff. So I use my passion to be driven in a way that it takes time for you to build your income. Mm. It's not it's not like, because it's passive income. So passive income you need to uh, consistently uh, writing. You have to consistently giving up content to the general public. So once you have these skills and once once you have the, these uh, Uh, tools available to you then only start generating income but nowadays we see that shopping online is already like a common thing for, for yeah, us yeah, uh, so we have Shopee we have Lazada we have Zalora and whatnot. so you can also uh, find products to sell or find your uniqueness and to at least generate some income lah. because nowadays everyone is shopping online so you don't have to pull up uh, very, uh, huge capital nowadays to uh, build up your shop it's like a brick, brick and mortar kind of thing lah. Those days are gone. Yeah. If, even we see the shopping malls now, so not Betul. not very people, not not many people going yeah. there nowadays. So it has shifted into the e-commerce kind of thing. So as long as you know what are the things you can sell or what are the services you can provide, then there's there's money sitting there for you because mm. the 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 crowd is definitely there. Eh? So it's a matter of you finding your uniqueness, finding your passion, and at the same time making money out of it. Mm. Yeah, that's very true. It's all about finding that what you want to do, find that niche, and then after take your time to build it, right? So how long did it took for you to transit from a part-time writer to a full-time writer? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, more than 10 years ago. Now, okay. Because I've been writing for other people and also for other platforms. Mm. So it it grooms me into so becoming a business kind like of thing. From, from an from a IT guy and then to become writing as your full-time Career. I think around 10 years. Around uh, 10 years yeah. to transit into yeah. that. Huh? Mm. Then, so in that 10 years, you were, you were having two income. Lah. One employment income mm. and another one is uh, from writing yeah. income. Lah. A freelance kind of thing. Mm. Lah. Then, uh, took you 10 years. So how many years ago was that? After I graduated in 2003? Yeah. Mm, more oh. than 10 years ago. Mm. Wow, wow. So that's about about 2013 like that. Yeah. Then you transited into full-time Correct. in your own business yes. as a writer, right? right. So, uh, and that journey was, uh, the first company was Majala Labo straight away? Or? Uh, no, it was a uh, few other small, small sites. Of mm. course, uh, once it, the traffic doesn't really comes in, then you you move on to other other space lah, or other niche. Right. Uh, so th- there was a mix of uh, like gadgets. There was a mix of uh, IT stuff. There was a mix of lifestyle stuff. But the only one, I mean, the one that I really hit the we call it as a jackpot mm. is to Majalabo itself, lah. Right. Mm. So, so it, it even before Majalabo, uh. you're actually experimented, Correct. right? Keep uh. trying and trying and trying, right? So there's no such thing as a one-hit wonder where straight away you start, you hit the right thing, right? It it's keep trying and trying and trying until you get the right thing. That's why even for Mr. Money TV, you see our content keep changing. The way we conduct it, the, the, the format that we are looking at, we keep changing because we are also looking at that one thing that can pump and we know this is what you guys want, right? Yeah, that, that's how it goes. So when you start out, don't worry that it is lousy <laughs> because it is meant 
meant to be lousy. Mm. Yeah, no one put one content up there and then go viral one. So yeah. for some of you who are starting a YouTube channel, uh, I noticed some of the people who are watching us here, they themselves have a YouTube channel, like Aziet, like uh, Sean and all. Don't worry. You know, our first content... I don't even remember, right? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of once you are motivated enough or once you're passionate enough, you you give your heart and, and soul to it. So it's, it's uh, not a matter of uh, working for it anymore. So so it's a matter of pouring your heart and soul into it. That's where people can see. People can see your, right. your skills. People can see your the way you deliver the content and That's whatnot. Right. So that... That means you're, you're not faking stuff, lah, basically. Mm. Now, nowadays, we have a lot of all these newbies or we have uh, the... One wannabes and whatnot. So people can differentiate between the good and the really not so good. So try to be on your good side. Of course, you have to experiment a lot. Lah. We, we took maybe more than five years to experiment until we find the jackpot. Yeah. So, so of course, at that time, money was not a very motivation motivating factor. Lah. But once you see the money coming in, lah, then you, you'll be more motivated into, into producing good quality content. Lah. That's right, that's right, yeah. So one thing that I want to share with you guys is this, you know, as, as you guys are actually just, um, some of you are very lucky to still have the job, right? But if you still have your job, right, then you need to remember one thing. You can't just depend on this job. For those of you who already lost your job, I'm so sorry, but you just have to do something to figure out a way, right? And starting a business is something. But for those of you who already have a job still, I would suggest you start something on the side. Start a second income. Now, those of you who are watching, if you agree with us on this matter to start your own income at this point, you know, even if you have your job, start a side hustle. Just write that side hustle for us in the comment or either write side income for us. Yeah, because I think both me and you are very, very lucky. I think it's very blessed, you know, that, that we decided to do this kind of thing uh, even before everything turned bad. That's right. Can? Then we already moved online. <laughs> then we already started doing this and and so when this come in the time, oh, great, we are positioned to grow during this period of time, yeah. right? So I would say, guys, you know, please, those of you who are watching, because I know you all watch this channel because you all think like Mr. Money and then you all really want to learn about investment and stuff. But I just have to tell you this one thing. If you've got no money, you can't invest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> in, investment is for people with money. Hmm. Yeah, and Mr. Money TV, uh, it's, it's really about money, everything about money. It's not just investment. That's why I don't call myself Mr. Invest. <laughs> we are Mr. Money, right? Yeah, so that's the one thing that I want to encourage you guys to do. Take your time, sit down after this, think about it, you know. What is the thing that you want to do? Uh, go and check out this website called Fiverr. I think we do have a referral link for Fiverr. Uh, it is actually a, a, an, a, an online site that allows you to actually look for freelance job, right? So uh, I think we do have the referral link for that. You know, you guys can put it in. Yeah, and anyway... At the same time, there are some questions that probably people are all around trying to ask about EPF right now. So we're going to go into a time of Q&A. For those of you who, uh, who want to ask about EPF or any form of question to Eza or to me, you know, you can just take this time to start writing down the questions. All right. And let me take this question first. Mm. Now, uh, someone asked this. How do you take opportunity of EPF I invest? And how much allocation of EPF fund should you consider to diversify under EPF I invest? So do you actually uh, take out your EPF money to invest into I invest? Yes, definitely. Because you see, with this 
EPF I invest initiative there's no more we call it as a sales charge meaning to say if you have 10000 that 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 full sum amount and 10000 will be invested into the unit trust so called unit trust lah so back back in those days there's this sales charge around 3% to 6% meaning to say you take out your 10000 to to invest in other mutual fund or unit trust there's already that 3% or 6% uh, loss already. Uh, loss already so you need more time or more uh, capital um, definitely more time you needed to recoup that loss and to turn it into profit nowadays with this EPF invest yes I totally agree but you need to know what are the funds you're going to invest uh, <laughs> yes so so it's no matter because back then with the unit trust company you you point the agent eh come lah uh, you choose for me lah I'm a moderate uh, risk taker or I'm a I guess uh, very high risk taker then they can suggest for you but with the EPF invest it's a DIY it's a mm, do, do, mm, mm. you have to do it on your own yes. you have to log into the website put in your username password then you need to know what are the funds performing or non performing then what are, what are the uh, investment they are doing is it money market is it uh, to stock market and what not so you you need to do your own homework in order for you to enjoy that 0% yes. so for me it's a good opportunity for you to learn about the what are the instruments that is out there so it's a matter of putting down your knowledge and leveraging on the 0% sales charge and by all means get started so you will learn along the way because that EPF money of course but you need to know also that like you mentioned just now EPF is giving out 5 to 6% quite quite guaranteed lah we call it so can you find an opportunity to double up or even doing mm. do more than what EPF is giving out so but at least with the I, EPF I invest there's opportunity for you to unlock that 0% sales charge and that's for right. you for you to learn learn things lah that's right yeah I think that I think it's a good choice uh, I personally think that It's a good choice because it gets you more exposure into different kind of things. And uh, the best part about it is this: if you can take out the money and invest yourself, the chances are you will take out money and use it lah rather than invest. <laughs> so they directly put for you, and then even if you sell, go back into ETPF, uh, ensures that number one, you don't touch the money. Number two, that once you invest it in, uh, the only concern here is you need to know how to choose a fund. Ah. If you know how to choose a fund, there are quite many funds that are doing very very good. But you need to know how to choose it, right? So that's the thing. Now, um, Stephen asked this question: Could salary worker of 11% contribution can put additional lump sum saving into their EPF account? If yes, is there a limit and how to dump in lump sum? Okay, I think rather than you put everything inside your PF, the 11%, why not you go into the PRS, the Private Retirement Scheme? So it it, it can complement because EPF is quite straightforward. Your employer give out 12%, you from your your from your salary 11%. So rather than because that's really fixed. So for me, of course you don't touch this uh, system or the 11 12%, the 23% uh, guaranteed every month. I mean the the contribution every month. Why not you go for the PRS, the private retirement scheme? It also works the same way as EPF is, but it's for you to generate more income, but through the almost similar like EPF lah. So for me, it's a, also another diversification tool because. Right now, if I'm not mistaken, the, this PRS they have this tax incentive where if you invest three thousand, that means you can claim claim back this three thousand benefit lah. So so it knock off from your income tax as well. So mm. there's also another benefit that we can also think about it lah. Yeah, that's right. I think I think to if you wanna set aside into EPF again, I I think for the next few years at least, I would think it's better that you actually take out and then invest into PRS because uh, the tax benefit itself is already very attractive. You save another three thousand just by putting that three thousand ringgit back there, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's an immediate saving, you know. 
immediate saving. So if your your income tax bracket is twenty five percent, let's say that's twenty five percent of three hundred that you save, you just save a uh, six hundred plus seven hundred, right? You know, mm. for for that that year itself, it's a lot of money. And take that seven hundred, go and invest in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you already make extra money. So right. that's uh that's something that I think is really uh more recommended in my opinion, lah. Yeah, and having said this, uh, someone asked this question: Is it recommended for Malaysian that work overseas to contribute to EPF constantly? Um, I I think if you're you think? working overseas. There's also another EPF scheme at the country of work, lah. Like hmm. for example, in Singapore, we call it a CPF. If I'm not yep, mistaken, yep, ah. So yep. there's also another working system that works in that country, lah. So I don't think that by working overseas, you need to put your money inside EPF. That, that it doesn't work that way. But there's a similar scheme in that country that you can focus on, lah. Hmm. Hmm. So now let's go to the next one. Uh, Hey, but having said that, right? I think just invest in PRS, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Why? Why was so difficult to go and PF yeah. and all? But but okay lah, up to you lah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is an interesting question. Uh, a bit controversial, a bit, but I think it's quite fun to answer. Uh, how likely is it uh, for policies such as tiered dividend being implemented? I think what happened was that uh, an MP suggested that B forty should get a higher tier, uh, interest rate, right? So, dividend rate, yeah. What? What do you think? Okay. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think of that? Should okay. there be such a thing? Okay. For me, I mean, I mean, this uh quite controversial because it was suggested I think few few days ago or was it yesterday? So for me, rather than you benefit you you how it's like a carrot and stick carrot and stick situation lah. So we call it if you do tiered dividend, it's like you're giving a stick to all these M forty or the the higher income earners. So that means that. Hey, why should I work harder? Then my dividend get lesser. So why don't I just stay in my comfort zone? I think earning less at at least my benefit goes up goes up. So it's like a, a very for me I don't I don't agree with that. It, actually, you should reward high performing people by 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 giving up incentive or benefits rather than you just uh, target on the B forty and just make them comfortable because this B forty got a lot of other incentive got a lot yeah, of other yeah. help. So Why don't Why don't you also do the same thing for others? So rather for me, I personally don't agree with this. So so, so sorry about that. But for me, it's a matter of everyone should have the same same. I mean, benefit out of it because EPF is for everyone. So it's a matter of whether you contribute more or you contribute less. So if you're contributing less, that means your income also less, correct? So it's a matter of how you want to be or to generate more income for you to move up the ladder. That's so right. That's so right. rather than you just stay in your comfort zone, hey, never mind, I, I work like this also, enough day, what? got benefit mm, la, from mm, the government, mm, la, got mm. all this incentive, la, bantuan, yeah. la, what not. Yeah. So it feels like, then you will be just comfortable over there. Yeah. Rather than you move up the higher higher pay or more more income, yeah. then, then you you will be penalized. Uh, that's so that's we feel like, hey, why we could just such at the end, We also get all this uh, negative impact out of it. Yeah, so for that's me, right. that's that, that that's not that shouldn't be the way, lah. Because reward should you should reward the high performers, yes. not not to penalize them. Yeah, uh, because we already have the tiered income tax. Yeah, so that one is fair. You earn more, you pay more, lah. Yeah, so you earn less, you pay less. Yeah, uh, so why rather than we focus on penalizing all these people, why don't we do some kind of reward 
for all these people that's right their contribution to the tax I think, I think many people don't understand this one thing that the, the money has got to come out from somewhere right like like actually I personally am very impressed by how our government can give very high interest rate then, from EPF to uh, ASMs uh, I'm an AS, ASM shareholder yeah uh, I'm, I'm very impressed because when the market is losing by 30% they can still give you 8% one. and <laughs> where do you think the money come from uh, that's right <laughs> they, do you think and, and they don't show you their, their, their investment record then, because I don't know like, maybe I shouldn't say but I think like I really don't know where it comes from and to a certain extent as well it, it gives us a very unrealistic expectation about life right if you look at uh, in Singapore you look at in uh, uh, UK or US right even if they have like all this retirement fund or whatnot, they have to invest it for the people and their, their investment would reflect a real, more realistic return. Yeah, even their, their EPF and so on is invested in the stock market and they can lose money and it's not guaranteed. Mm. They, they are not like us, our EPF guaranteed 2.5. They, are, they don't have, if you invest, you lose money, you lose money, you follow the market, right? But Malaysia market good back, give you that amount. Yeah. Yeah. So it means that they are actually withdrawing next year's profit to cover this year or, you know, play around with the numbers a bit lah. You know, generally that's the case, right? And because of that, uh, Malaysians have a very unrealistic idea of investment. So we think that because EPF and um, ASB, all these give us 8% last time, anything less than 8%, government bodo, <laughs> how can give me this kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah we, we have this, you know, and like even EPF and all. But the truth is, right, 8% is damn good <laughs> So that's the thing. Uh, we have to be realistic, number one. Yeah. At the same time, you need to be aware of what are the options available. So yes. you, you can't you can depend on just EPF or you can't depend mm. on your ASB, ASM and whatnot. So you need to try out yourself. Like for that's example, right. you, yeah. you need to go into the property market. You need to go into the, the recent one, the cryptocurrency market. You need to try few other markets. Yeah, uh, so yeah. then only you feel it, oh, this one is giving high, this, is, this one is giving low. So at yeah. least you exper experiment a lot. Then at the same time, you find which are the investment vehicles or tools that you feel that comfortable that gives you a certain amount mm, of return. Mm, yeah. return. I think sometimes uh, the, the whole system just fit into itself, right? Because when you design the system like that, then people would expect 20% is a, is a, it should be 20%. If I'm not going to invest in EPF, then I need 20%. So therefore, they cannot con la, they cannot scam because <laughs> the expectation is already set. Right? So it, it fits into it by itself. Now, to a certain extent, uh, sometimes I wish our uh, government would say, right, you know, maybe I'm not going to give so much a handout, but I'm willing to invest in education for y'all to teach y'all how to really manage your money, to, you know, really create something. And, and I, I know so many people who do SMEs, uh, they don't pay their staff EPF. And Last time I used to think, right, it's they don't want to pay EPF, you know. Then after I realized, uh, they told me, the staff go to them and say, boss, boleh jangan bayar EPF ah. I not the full salary mm. because I don't want you to deduct. And there are many people like that. And I think to myself, right, these people are the people who actually lose their job during this time. Mm. They all lose their job during this time. The SMEs are the ones who are losing their job. The MNC is still surviving, lah, doing okay, lah. They, they still try to keep their employee. They don't fire you because they still got money. Ma. But SMEs are the one that really fire the people, the factory and so on. Kan? And this time round, even with IC now, you can take money from EPF. Tana EPF. <laughs> because they themselves told their boss, I tana EPF. I don't want you to deduct the 11%. Uh, I mean, it boils down to mindset, basically. So because we need to know that 
we can only work until so many years. So after that, we need to have a fund, a retirement fund for us to last the next 10, 12, 20 years after our retirement because now, right now our mortality is around 70 plus uh, age. So let's say, you, for example, if you retire at age 60, then you have another 10, 15 years for you to live your life. So if you don't have any savings or you don't have any fund to sustain you for the next 10, 15 years after retirement, you definitely have to work again. So that's yeah. a very sad statistic. That that's we have right. to face. Uh. That's right. That's why it's very important, I think, that for us to actually start your own business no matter what. I, I really think that whether are you working, are you working for people or not, take that few minutes, start your own business, you know, go and write a blog, go and go and do a YouTube channel, you know. Just do something, you know, at least when one day you you need it, uh, you got some extra income. Then like like at least you start every month extra one thousand ringgit. Okay, what? Because after a while you just relax. The money comes in. That's right. Like even for us now having a YouTube channel and all, if if we don't hire anyone, we just sit down there so we got money. Uh, same thing with uh, AdSense <laughs> also, buggy do it already, right? That's right. Which is comfortable. Then our question now is, even if like really bad things happen, economic downturn, things are still okay. I just need to manage my cash flow better. Yeah. And if I want, I go and find a job. I got a lot more money also. Yeah. So very important for you guys to actually go and find another income. I would say that at the end of the day, go and build a side hustle instead of withdrawing your EPF. Go and build a side income. Hmm. Yeah, learn how to make money yourself. Don't depend on your boss to give you money. Yep. Once you learn that, then okay, la, you have yeah. a lot lesser to worry about. Okay. So for me, basically, our economy uh, have hit rock bottom and we are now recovering. Because as you can see, our GDP last time was minus 17%, for the for during the MCO, during the COVID time. So right now it has rebounded back. Even same goes for with our stock market, our 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 KLCI. So it goes down very sharply, but at the same time it rebounded back very sharply. We call it as a V-shape economic yeah. recovery. So for me, the worst is going to be over soon, lah. So it's just a matter of surviving the next one or two years. Then the economy will bounce back. Then this will be our new normal, and then we can, uh, I mean, we can look for brighter things in the future, lah. It's just yeah. a matter of surviving the next one year That's or two right. years because the economy will definitely bounce back. So once the That's economy right. bounce back, our our borders are open, then then tourism takes place once more. So it's a matter of uh, surviving for the next one or two years. Betul, betul. I think this time also, you we actually noticed, right? Uh, many shops closed down, but also many new shops open. Hmm. Betul, kan? Right? Yeah. Many new shops open. So those who actually have business mind or either they have some money, this time they open their shop because they can negotiate us for much lower rent. That's right. Uh, and then they, your competitor also done mati ma. <laughs> <laughs> so you come out, okay uh, So it's like a start zero from zero start again. Zero, uh. you know? Yeah, that is that is actually. Uh, I would say that to a certain extent, uh, when there's this kind of crisis, uh, it's 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 your chance to build something already. And and whether is it in investment, whether is it in in a business or whatnot, can it's it's your opportunity now. Especially if you are young, you're below thirty. What's that to lose, Khan? <laughs> yeah, how, how old were you when you first started writing the blog and taking the risk to actually coming out? By that time, it was maybe 25? 25, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very young. Mm. So it just came out and then like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to work for people already. I'm going to just yeah. do myself, right? Mm. Yeah, and do you regret that decision? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love the decision. So, so just to share with you, at during my early... I mean, late 20s lah. I also have uh, another business where we supply uh, fashion stuff. 
we we sell t-shirts, we sell oh, okay. jeans and whatnot. So that's also another way for me to uh, diversify my income. So I have a full-time job, I have a business, I have a shop, and also I have my my freelance to my writing and whatnot. So mm. for me, basically, you, I still believe that you can't just depend on one source of income because wow. if a crisis like this happen, if you're too bad, you you are off the job or you are fired. So at least you have this business or you have this uh, advertising revenue or you have this uh, freelance job and whatnot. So you, at least you are not really that affected. Yeah. Un- unless you only have this one job that you really sayang or for for whatever reason, that's that's your full time job and also that's your main focus. So I I believe that it's too bad lah. It's too bad because it might take a crisis to wake you up to make you. Uh, Add more income, add more revenue stream, but you have to learn from it, lah. Because yeah, at the end of the day, uh, good things will come out of it, lah. Just yes. believe me, lah. So you need to persevere. Of course, everybody have their own ups and downs. For me, yeah. basically, so I have my down and I have hit my rock bottom. But it's where you, I mean, it's like motivation factor for you to bounce back and also be a, a better version of you, lah. So just make sure that whoever you are today. Is better than yesterday. So that's where you slowly build up your your network, slowly build up your network, slowly build up your confidence and whatnot. So make make sure that every day you learn something new. Wow, that that's a very good one. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times you fall. It doesn't matter how you fail. What matters is tomorrow you become better than who you are today. That's right. Every day become better version of yourself. That's right. And I think that's that's a very good one. It's even a very good advice for myself as well. Yeah, just to be better than yourself. You're not competing with anyone else. It's okay to fail. Just be better than yesterday. Yeah. So I think that is definitely uh what we are, what we stand for. I would say uh to a certain extent, I I, I see a lot of similarities with Majalabo and Mister Money TV. The way we work, uh, we work in team. You know, we have a our platform also in a way. It's a very similar in the sense. Just different channel. One is more focused on writing. One is more focused on video. Yeah, and Uh, but we are also very neutral in the sense that we we have nothing to sell. We do some education sometimes, but we charge it very very cheap. Uh, more like to create awareness rather than to make money out of it. Yeah. Uh, so I believe that's something that we really stand on. You know, for for to help Malaysians see that you can get better at managing money. Yeah, you can get better at managing money, and it's not that hard. It's it not, is that hard. not that hard. Yeah. yeah. You can start a business. It's not that hard as well. Yeah, it's not that sim easy, but it's not that hard. That's yeah. right. As yeah. long as, as long as you're willing to take that that challenge and do do something first, then you you see the results. But if you don't do anything, of course the result will be zero lah. So it's matter of you taking the first step and you take the challenge. And if it's okay, if it turns out good. At least you make money of it, but if it don't turn out good or very well, at least you can improvise or you can do some uh, adjustment to. Then, then you reflect on yourself. Oh, this is what I did wrong. Maybe I have. Maybe I should do this. But take it as a learning curve, lah. Rather That's than right. you just sitting on your own uh, comfort zone, then you do nothing to at least help you up during these tough times. Do do something, lah. Do something rather than you just don't do anything. That's right. Yeah. So. For tonight, the way we are going to end it is to tell you this one thing: should you inv- should you actually withdraw from your EPF? The answer is no. Don't withdraw from your EPF. We challenge you to start your own business. That's right. <laughs> and create that side income instead of withdrawing from your EPF. 
So that's a challenge that we issued to you and the answer is also no, please don't withdraw. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Ezra, for joining us tonight. Thank you, Peter. Thank really you, everyone, for tuning in. Great having you, you know, and uh, we would love to hear your story about how you started your business, your ups and downs and so on the next time as well. So looking forward to see you again. Sure. Thank you very much, Peter. <laughs> thank you, everyone. See you. Good night. So that's our thoughts on withdrawing money from your EPF. We think the guaranteed 2.5% return from EPF serve as an attractive investment that you should maintain in your investment portfolio, especially for retirement. But what are our thoughts on this matter? Would you withdraw money from EPF? Share with us your thoughts by contacting us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you.